Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we finally wrap up the AL Mid with actually not a mid team, the Cleveland Guardians, but then we head back to striving for mediocrity, the Oakland Athletics. I'm with Tom today. Stavs is busy traveling. Uh, He'll be back for the uh, the other two predictions and our WBC preview that'll come out later this week, or recap, not a preview. How are you doing today, Tom? Doing good. I'm ready to talk about the division favorite and then the, you know, Worst team in baseball, the Oakland, the division Oakland Athletics. Not favorites. Yeah, the division losers. So these two organizations are both run under the Moneyball principle. Obviously, it established itself in Oakland. Um, clearly, the Guardians have done a much better job at that recently. Uh, at least in the past five years, they've become just a stronghold for pitching development. Last year, they kind of came out of nowhere and took over the AL Central. It's not like a, a great accomplishment to do that. Uh, but they did actually take the New York Yankees to five games in the ALDS, and they really seemed like they could have won it. I genuinely think they could have yeah. taken that series from the Yankees. It's just really they lacked a second thump bat outside of Jose Ramirez. Yeah, and it really felt like a magic team. Honestly, there was a lot of clutch moments from this team, um, and starting from Oscar Gonzalez. I mean, there was this team has some magic behind them, and I know they're still young, so they're going to be back in that position again. Just couldn't overpower the Yankees, who then went on to lose. In four straight games i feel like they would have probably had a similar fate to the astros but maybe a little bit more a little bit more competitive um shane bieber came back from injury and he was really good the velo was down which is a bit surprising uh jose ramirez had another top five so- or mvp finish and tristan mckenzie was really solid for them yeah i mean the the, the velocity on shane bieber is a little confusing and concerning i guess but um 200 innings from your number one guy is pretty you know pretty valuable uh, obviously, you had that Cy Young season in 2020 with shortened season. But this year, I mean, it's not the same power pitcher I saw in 2020, but it's definitely still effective. Um, I think that number one spot in the rotation might be up for grabs now, though, with Chris McKenzie, you know, having a breakout, and he might mm-hmm. be moving forward now. Yeah, I'm looking to see where his velocity or Shane Bieber's velocity is right now in spring training. Um, if this page would ever load, they said it's up a tick from last year, which be a good sign he was already really good with the lower velocity he was in the bottom 10 percent of the league but if it gets better it's a better telltale sign that he'll be even as effective as he was in 2020 hopefully for the guardians their offseason tom it was quite the offseason for them what did they do so owen miller's gone big move uh they traded them to Mil- traded him to milwaukee for cash uh coming in you got two, you know, veteran guys now, Josh Bell on a two-year deal, and then Mike Zanino on a one-year deal. I like both of these moves. It's, there's not there's not much volume to their offseason, but this is a very young team, and there are there is no veteran presence in this entire organization. So bringing in two older guys might might be beneficial to this team, and they're actually difference makers on in the on the hitting side as well. And last year, the Guardians like they formed this identity around not striking out. And then you bring in Josh Bell and Mike Zanino, who strike out at a really high clip. But Josh Bell is supposed to be that thump bat that they didn't have in the postseason. And Mike Zanino is kind of just going to serve as a transition catcher, it looks like, until uh, Bone Ayler is ready for the major leagues. Um, they're fine moves. I like. Them. Yeah, I mean, Mike Mike Zanino has dealt with some injuries. I mean, he was he was good, I think, two years ago. But you know, injuries big problem with him. Um, if he can go out and hit twenty, I, mean, I think he hit thirty home runs two years ago. If you can go do that again, that'd be um be pretty valuable. That'd be the thump that we're looking for too. 
Agreed. And especially Josh Bell, he's supposed to slot into the, the cleanup spot in that lineup. So if he does what he did with, he doesn't even have to be what he was in Washington. If he was a balance between that and San Diego, like a middle ground, he serves his contract right there. 100%. I mean, there, there's not that many holes in this lineup at this point. A lot of young talent coming up. And I mean, they just need that thump bat. So what does that lineup look like? So batting first, you got Stephen Kwan, left field. You got Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. Got the MVP, uh, you know, perennial MVP guy, Jose Ramirez, third base. Josh Bell at DH. Josh Naylor at first base. Andres Jimenez at second. Oscar Gonzalez at right. Mike Zanino at catcher. And then Miles Straw in center field. So that's a pretty young lineup right there. Um, do you think they'll have a sophomore slump? Maybe a question for later, but do you think they'll have a bit of a sophomore slump with so many young guys coming up? Okay, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna look down the lineup, right? Like Stephen Kwan, he was very solid last year, like does not strike out at all and fantastic defense. I feel like that is repeatable. It's just whether he's still gonna get the same Babip luck or play to that strength as well as he did. Um, yeah, I mean I'm right there with you. Like it, it's guys like Kwan and, and Andres Jimenez who are gonna have similar Babip luck, I think, change up maybe a little bit, but the fielding you can't really bet on. I mean, that that's gonna be pretty consistent, you know. Yeah, and last year, Ahmed Rosario kind of had his best season. Like, he, I mean, it wasn't great by any means, but he'd always been expected to be very good when he was on the Mets and just never really amounted to much. Um, then last year, it wasn't, again, as I said, it wasn't a stellar season by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a quality season. And from the looks of it, he's the biggest shortstop heading into this free agent class. Yeah, I mean, coming off of last year's free agent class, I mean, it's... um. A bit of a step down, but I definitely think he he, he was pretty productive. I don't know what the, how what the war he put up was, but it it was pretty it was pretty effective for I mean uh, not a top shortstop, but a guy that was in this lineup. Yeah, he put up a two point four WAR last year, and it was a little bit offensive heavy. Uh, his defense was not stellar by any means. It was in the third percentile for outs above average, uh, establishing a negative ten outs below average. Um, that's Sorry? not great. Yeah. Um. I don't even think they have a they have a Brian Rocheo coming up through the system. He's a prospect. He looks to be like a very defensive first shortstop. So maybe he'll take over that spot at some point in the season of Rosario's bat slumps off. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'm concerned about is kind of the depth. I mean, let's go over the bench real quick. You got Zach Collins, Gabriel Arias, Tyler Freeman, and Will Brennan. I mean, th- there's there's a bit of a lack of depth on this team. Mm-hmm. If someone goes down, I think there's not many people to come in and fill up their spot. Um, what are your thoughts on the depth so, here? As as constructed right now, there's not much depth, but I think they're able to bet a little bit on the youth of this team. Um, yeah. Like right now, I, if I looked at this lineup and be like, who's at worst risk for injury? I'd say it's Mike Zanino, right? But your top prospect's a catcher. So there's a little bit of balance there. But it's also, this team is perfectly situated to go out into the trade market and make a big acquisition if they need to. Oh, yeah. I mean... They're not spending much money at all. This is a very young team, and there's not much worry yet because of not not many guys. I mean, you lock down Jose Ramirez. There's not many guys that you're worrying about extending or you know signing for the offseason. Mm-hmm. See, I would, I'm surprised they haven't started to try and extend young players right now because it really looks like they're not going to be able to afford Shade Bieber. Um, but like trying to throw if Stephen Kwan repeats it, I don't know why they're not trying to throw like a seven year, seventy million dollar contract his way, something like that. Like trying to lock up the young guys where they they want to stay in Cleveland. Cleveland can afford them, and 
they both they both win from that deal. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta take notes from the best. You know, the Braves are someone that a lot of teams could um could take notes from. There's there are probably five guys in this lineup that are young enough to not know their value, and you can probably undersell them pretty heavily for a team that's not trying to spend that much money. I mean, they gotta take advantage of that. Um yeah. there's a lot of all-star potential on this team. Yeah, and like obviously we'll talk about Jose Ramirez in a little bit because you know we do have to pick an MVP for this team. Um Josh Naylor at first base was actually a very good defensive first baseman last year, which I did not know. And he's kind of just a little bit above average around everything. But you know what? A little bit above average with good defense has its value at first base, which is a stacked position. Yeah, I mean, he and for a guy that hits for, you know, decent power, he kind of does fit the mold still of a guy that doesn't strike out that much. So, I mean, that's just another guardian that, that doesn't strike out. He doesn't walk as much as you'd like, and there's – pretty common theme amongst uh, other players i mean oscar gonzalez walks what like three percent of the time yeah but there's, there's a couple guys in this lineup that need to you know gain some plate vision but you know they're still following this track and i think josh naylor is definitely an above average first baseman yeah it, he's very solid and we know andres jimenez's glove is going to be great again it's just whether the bat repeats itself because the dude finished sixth in mvp voting this year he post posted a 7.4 baseball reference for Posted 12 outs above average at second base. Good OPS. He, he was just, he was good everywhere on the field. Except for walking. But was he, I don't know, why, how is his on-base percentage so high, but his walk rate was so low? Did he get hit by a lot of pitches? Maybe. Hit by, 25 hit by pitches, yes. Man, they were just, yeah, that's targeting right there. I mean, he almost had as many hit by pitches as he did walks. I'm expecting a slight sophomore slump from Andres Jimenez. I think him more than more so than Stephen Kwan and more so than Oscar Gonzalez. Do you agree with that? Yeah, especially just now learning about that hit by pitch number. Like that's not something you can count on because if you take you know those 25 hit by pitches out of the equation and turn it down to five, you're looking at a much less competitive on base percentage, and that drops that OPS probably to 800. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I, I just, I mean, you can't bet against him yet. I He seems to have proved us wrong last year, so, you know, maybe he'll be the same this year. That's definitely true. And so looking at what really catapulted this team into its success last year, that starting rotation, right? They've got Shane Bieber at the helm. We all know who he is. He started the 2019 All-Star Game, and that's really when his breakout began, won the 2020 Cy Young Award, was hurt most of 21, and came back, and as Tom mentioned, through 200 innings that were really quality, he was good at was he good in the postseason? I don't remember. I think he had one bad start and one good start. I can was, I can verify that right now. Oh, we we, we can race. Um, speed to the speed to the finish line. Game logs, postseason cumulative. All right. God. He pitched well. He pitched very, very well. Uh he went five and two thirds, two earned against the Yankees, and he went seven and two thirds, one earned against the Rays. I guess oh. the question now is, do, do you kind of consider, you know, selling him at the deadline and trying to like do like a partial, like, like a trade for a guy that's still active, you know what I'm saying? Like not for prospects, but for actual like active guys. I know it's way less common at the deadline to trade for active players that are going to boost you, but you know, a, a win-win trade for a team that needs pitching and a team that also need, I don't know. This is kind of confusing. He's a free agent after next season. Oh, I thought this was this. Is the thought this no, was the last? No, no, no. Oh, so we're we're chilling. Yeah, he'll yeah. be all right. Um, they got Tristan McKenzie at the two, who was pretty good last year. 
uh, his breakout was a bit questionable. We talked, we've talked about like how reliable he is. Uh, obviously he plays up in the zone really well. It's just, he lets up a lot of hard contact, which can result in home runs and home runs can really affect a player's productivity, especially a pitchers. Uh, we saw Garrett Cole this year. Um, he was still very good, but he let up a ton of home runs and that really hurt his effectiveness. Uh, Cal Quantrill, he's just a heavy pitch to contact guy. And when you pitch to contact and have a pretty good defense behind you, you normally see good results. And that's what he has. Uh, his expected ERA over the past two seasons has both been over four. I mean, he's had a high or high twos, low three ERA in both of those seasons. Yeah, I guess that's just a guy that kind of defies the odds. Um, I mean, you you can look like year by year, but a guy that consistently defies them is usually, you know, going to be reliable. He's not going to be like a star, but he's he's pretty good. Yeah, and I'm trying to look up Zach Pelsack right now. Apparently, I can't spell. Uh, Zach Pelsack, he punched a mound last year, and he broke his hand. He's a bit of a psycho. He was really actually horrible last year. Um, if the Guardians can find a way to move on from him, I'm sure they probably will. Their other starter to round out their rotations, Aaron Savali. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they got a young guy. I'm not sure if it's, it's his time yet. What's his name again? I'm Daniel Espino. He's not going to yeah. be up this he's, year. He's, is he a double he's A? He's, okay. He finished out the year in single A, but he's been out. He hasn't started throwing yet. Um, He's just not ready. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a pretty complete rotation. I mean, the only two guys that really stick out are McKenzie and Bieber, but the other guys can, you know, hold their ground for, you know, a three through five position. I'm really, I'm really more leaning towards the bullpen being good. I mean, Emmanuel Classe is the best closer in baseball. James Karnshack got his swag back. It's it's done. He's he's at that closer status as well, but he's not going to be over Emmanuel Classe, but he's a great setup guy. Trevor Steffen, Nick Sandlin, Enville De Los Santos. And yell. And yell. I'm sorry. I'm taking I'm filling in for Stevs for my miss <laughs> Eli Morgan, Tim Heron, and Hunter Gaddis. And on the IL, we got Sam Hent- Henches and Cody Morris. I mean, I mean, this is a good bullpen. This is yeah. a very scrappy bullpen with guys with, with stars in him now. I mean, you got Class A. That's all I'm really looking at. That's all I'm really worried about. But uh, there's depth in here, too. And we saw how good it could be in the postseason last year. Um, oh, Cody Allen, Logan Allen. That was kind of like their only like big bullpen departure who just been around for a while. Um, Sam Henkes was pretty good in the bullpen last year, especially in the postseason. Again, if this bullpen just does what it did last year, it is not going to be a worry for any Cleveland fan. Yeah, I mean, they're consistently one of the best last year, probably top five in baseball when it comes to bullpens. I, I, I that's not what I'd be worried about this season as a as a Guardians fan. Yeah, if I had to worry about anything for the Cleveland Guardians this year, I would just worry about the health and my depth, because uh, that team could stay healthy. I think that they could probably repeat what they did last year, uh, for the most part, at least. Last year, I'm just pulling it up. They were fifth in ERA from bullpens. Um, they struck out the – they didn't strike out that many, but they – again, with that bullpen pitching to contact with that type of defense behind, you know what? It's effective. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty – it's a complete pitching staff. I think – there's not really a, a place I can knock them for. Is there anything that really you can knock them for other than you talking about their health? Uh, depth. Yeah. Because really, it's once you get past the starting rotation, if someone gets hurt, that's when you're kind of going into the, okay, maybes of this organization. But they're the, they're the Guardians. They'll call up some pitching prospect. It'll be pretty good. 
Uh, I know they have a couple yeah. 2025 ETAs or 2024 ETAs that are supposed to be fairly decent pitchers. I'm just pulling those up right now so I can reference them. Um, did Eli Logan Morgan Allen. did Lee, did uh, Eli Morgan pitch? Did he start last year in games? I thought he was a starter last year, or he he usually he opened. Uh, I don't know, Eli Morgan. He's got nice flowing locks. Um, Eli Morgan, very good results. He started a whole game last year. Oh yeah, uh, it pretty much exclusively out of the bullpen. Two years ago, though, he had a lot of starts. Okay. Yeah, and he was not as effective. So he will probably be a closer or a relief pitcher this year. I mean, that's – I don't know. This is a scrappy team. Do you think this is a volatile team? We'll get more to it later. No, I don't. No? I Because I don't see it with an – we'll talk about it in a couple, but I don't see it with an overly high ceiling. Yeah. But I don't see them falling too far off, like far from grace, like some teams in this division are capable of doing. Um, last thing before I want to touch before we talk about that, uh, we mentioned Bo Naylor and Brian Rocheo. Uh, Bo Naylor is just a their catching prospect. He's very vulnerable to whiffing in the strike zone, high power, high risk. He's very fast. He had a four four point one home to first, which is really good for a catcher. However, he's not a good defensive catcher. And then Brian Rocheo, uh, everyday profile is a shortstop, good bat to ball skills. He's a surprisingly authoritative left-handed cut for a player of his stature. I just wanted to, I wanted to read that verbatim just because I think it, it kind of, it gives you a good idea. You know what? He's going to swing hard and he's got the ability to hit the ball wherever he wants it. He can hit breaking balls, go to opposite field, pull the ball. It's a good profile, but it just looks to be a little bit average, if not a little bit above average. He's a good, he's a good prospect. Potentially got some more younger guys that are, you know, later ETA. But Bo Naylor is probably the catcher. I mean, definitely the catcher of the future, not Mike Zanino. Um, <laughs> that transition will happen sooner rather than later. Especially under our ready. predictions. Yeah. All right, Brad, you want to lead us off? Or you want me to go first? I got it. Uh, so to go for the record, I'm gonna, I want to go for the record last. Okay. Um, my MVP is Jose Ramirez. It's just the matter of fact. Um, yeah. Cy Young, Shane Bieber, pretty much also a matter of fact. For breakout, I put Aaron Savali. He's a pitcher. Uh, last year, he had a 44% whiff rate on his curveball. Uh, his cutter was pretty solid. But the thing I really liked about him that made me be like, oh, okay. It wasn't like any insane pitch he had or something like that. It was the fact he had a seven-pitch mix. And they were all pretty decent pitches. Nothing extraordinary, but it was the fact that he could work to all planes of the plate. He could throw to righties. He could throw to lefties. And he just it, there's the ability to last long in games, the ability to go deep in games. Yes, Tom loves lasting long. Um and I think that has some value, especially if Tristan McKenzie regresses a little bit. Aaron Savali can hopefully take a little bit of the load that Tristan McKenzie doesn't have this year. And then for their most important, I put a combination of Stephen Kwan and Andres Jimenez. Because if they have these sophomore slumps, then there goes some of the Guardians right there. Stephen Kwan is a contact-only type guy. He's going to be an occasional home run, like three. Um if he regresses, he'll still be a good contact bat. If Andres Jimenez's offense regresses, though, he's a defensive second baseman. And that is a having a seven-war player and a three-war player are two very different things for your team. Because every team has a three-war player. Most teams don't have a seven-war player. 
I mean, I'm right around, right around you. Did you give off your, uh, your record oh, yet? 88 and 74. They also get a central tax. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I feel like that's probably closer to their floor than their ceiling. I would say it's in the lower 40%, lower 30%. But that like right around 50%, because I don't think this is a 95 win baseball team at its best. I don't know. I mean, I really, while they do play the better teams, they also get to play. Never mind. That's not that true. I mean, they, the central tax is a real thing. I don't know. I, I'm just, the team is too good to, I don't know. I'd say that's right about 50, actually. I don't think about it. I'm looking back at their roster and who they got to play. The thing is, right, I'm going to go back to my volatility thing because I think that there's a potential for things to go wrong if you, they do have these sophomore slumps. And it's also this division. The, the Guardians weren't that good until the month of August and September. Yeah. That's when they really broke away from the Twins and White Sox. And who's to say that can't happen again? The, the team has experience. They know what it's like to win. They can be hungry for it. But who's to say the Twins and the Guardian or the Twins and the White Sox, excuse me, aren't going to be just as hungry? Like they just got humiliated. Yeah. I mean, I'm like right in the range. I mean, I'm, I'm at 90 and 72. I feel like that's closer to their ceiling. I feel like their ceiling is, we'll, we'll talk about it later, actually. Uh, MVP, obviously, J Ram. You got to have him as your MVP. He's probably the best player to come out of there in a while. Um, most important, I had Andres Jimenez. Similar boat to you. Um, I feel like he's most likely to have a sophomore slump, more so than Stephen Kwan. So I think if he doesn't have – I'm expecting one. If he doesn't have one, the Guardians are a far better team. Cy Young, I wanted to go with a bit of a hot take. I wanted to go with Sticks instead of uh, Shane Bieber. I feel like he's not necessarily the sabermetrics guy that everyone loves, but – you know, I, he's got that, that dog factor in him. You know, he's got the dog in him. I honestly like watching a pitch. I don't know. He, in, he inspires me because I'm, I'm a fellow skinny guy and he throws gas. As for the breakout, I got Oscar Gonzalez. I think if he can develop his plate approach a little bit and walk more, he'd be considered one of the best in the game because he's got that crazy exit velocity and he's got crazy power. And I think if he can just walk more, he, he would be considered one of the more complete batters in the game. And that would honestly boost his OPS, his OPS plus, everything that would, you know, change his appearance as a hitter and last year uh sabermetrics didn't love the results of tristan mckenzie but actually his stuff was pretty good like his fastball slider and curveball all of that it was you know eight percent above average in terms of stuff plus um stuff is the most effective predictor of success um and so maybe you know what there is some con continuation to that yes Got to have love for Tristan McKenzie. I, I just like, I liked him coming up out of the minors, but let me get up Stevs's record and predictions. So shockingly, MVP, Jose Ramirez, Cy Young, Shane, breakout, Oscar Gonzalez. Um, and then most important, I he had Tristan McKenzie. Um, oh, my breakout was Oscar Gonzalez. He agreed with me. Yeah, okay. so we're right on the same page. Um, he had them going 93 and 69. I feel like that's closer to their ceiling. I think if not, that is their ceiling uh, as a team, maybe 94, but I, I think 93 is probably about their ceiling. I think maybe about 84 is their floor. I think they're like a 10 win volatility window. I was going to say closer to like 90 or 81 and 81. It's just like, yeah, I mean, their, their floor is better than the twins and white Sox. Yeah. 
it's just there could also everything could go wrong again. Bieber could get hurt. Mackenzie could regress. It's just like the kids are young. Like, yeah, but there, there's I would say there's more reinforcements to this team than I I would say significantly more reinforcements than the two other threatening teams in the yeah. AL Central. So I would say the record being slightly above 500 is probably the most like maybe like 82 and 80. That, that's probably nitpicking, but I really don't. I really like. I think they're probably about 82 and 80 to a 94 win team, 93 win team. Okay. Um. No, I, I agree with that. It's just it's like. If the Guardians go down with an injury, they have someone to replace. Maybe besides Jose Ramirez. The Twins go down with, you know, a Correa injury. That's really bad for them. The yeah. White Sox just do what they did last year. That's they really did, bad for yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And the Guardians can capitalize. So I do I I see where you're coming from there. So while it was fun to talk about the Guardians and have a little bit of positivity in our life, it is time to talk about the Oakland Athletics. Um, I will, I will do my best. I'll do my best to defend them as Brad goes off. Go ahead, Brad. Oh God, this team last year they finished off their like their sell of like a good core of a franchise. They traded away Frankie Montas at the trade deadline. They went sixty and one hundred and two. Um, this is the team. We'll talk about it, and I'll explain this more in their off season. This is the team that founded Moneyball, and they are out of date. What was it's their awesome. off season? So going out, we had a lot more players going out, but a lot of the moves had to do with trades. Chad Pinder went to the Reds, um, Kyle Muller. So, and then they acquired Kyle Muller, Freddie Tarnock, Robert Salinas, and Manny Pena from Atlanta for Sean Murphy, which is honestly a lot more of a fleece than people give it credit. I think the the Braves completely won that trade. Oh, yeah. No, the winner of that trade was the freaking Brewers. Yeah, the Brewers came out on top of that one. I mean, they got a really good offensive catcher. But, I mean, at the same time, there were two winners of one loser. And this is – we're talking about the loser right now. Yeah. However, they did acquire Estuary, Estuary – God! Estuary Ruiz from Milwaukee in that same trade for Sean Murphy. And I honestly am very high on this guy. We'll talk about his stats in a little bit. But um, I know Brad's probably not as high. Uh, is Diaz. Sixth power on the 2080 scale. Yeah. Uh, Lemus Diaz on a two-year deal, Jace Peterson on a two-year deal, Trevor May on a one-year deal with uh, incentives. He would be the highest-paid player on this roster. Uh, they signed another Japanese player, Shintaro Fujinami, on a one-year $3 million deal. Uh, they got J.J. Blade, um from the Miami Marlins for A.J. Puck in a move that might pay out in the future. And then they also signed Jesus Aguilar on a one-year deal. All very cheap deals. Uh, a lot of gambles, a lot of one-year flip-em deals. And, I mean, at least they're being somewhat active, but it's proving that this is just not going to work out for them. The reason I bring up my point is in the past, like, they've gone through this five-, six-year cycle, and they've succeeded. They've got good prospects. They've developed them. This time around, they've got good prospects. Have they been good prospects, though, is the genuine question. Kyle Muller at his best projects to be a three to four starter. Tarnak and Salinas right now are minor league relievers. Manny Pena is a 36 year old catcher. Estrella Ruiz is someone with six power on the 2080 scale. And you just traded away one of the best catchers in baseball. Like you didn't get much of a return for him either. You know, the amount you could have traded him to the Cardinals and gotten a better package. You could have traded him to the Yankees and gotten a better package. You could have traded him so many places, but you know what? Now they're paying 1% of their payroll to the Atlanta Braves Foundation or something like that. Because Sean Murphy's a Brave, and he's going to be there for the next six years. 
and they really didn't get anything back. I just, I don't understand that this, this owner for the A's has to have at least some money to spend. And if he doesn't, he should give it to someone else that would, would spend it. I'm not saying Cohen money, but like, this is, this is the worst team in baseball because the owner is not willing to give back to the family. There's a real fan base out here that roots for this team. Can you imagine rooting for this team? I mean, this has just got to be the worst experience ever, man. I mean, their owner no, isn't no... even the the poorest in baseball. He's got two point four billion dollars to his name. Y- yeah, he's just not willing to spend. Exactly. Sell the team. That is all. I mean, what you've assembled here could go down as one of the worst, you know, on paper skill rosters in history, other than maybe the you know expansion Mets team, which was horrible. Yeah. But this is a very bad team. Um, <laughs> I would say. If they didn't go out and get Fujinami in the offseason, I would say this is probably the worst team I've ever seen. I think now it might have, still be. I think it could be still. I mean, Fujinami is still like that that boosts them up, that cuts their lead to like I mean, like it's like still being down 40 in a basketball game. You, you, this is horrible. Uh, I he pitched against the Dodgers today. And so right now he's projected to be their ace. Shintaro Fujinami. He went four and two thirds. He only allowed one earn. He walked five and struck out four. When we talked about him coming over, when we previewed him, we talked about him, we mentioned the walk issue. And it has been a glaring issue. The stuff's there. The stuff is good. But he can't throw strikes at all. And this offense isn't going to outscore his walks. Yeah. I mean, I I was going to mention it today that the uh, Fujinami, you know, quote, beat the Dodgers, but I mean, he really didn't. I mean, four and two thirds is not crazy, but I, I am happy to see that he's, you know, doing well in the earned runs department, but the, the walk issue is very bad. He's got, he's got control issues. He's his case per nine in the, my, in the Japanese league and in, in spring trading is still, you know, at an elite level. I think it's like 12 or 13 mm. total, but the walks per nine is just, it's going to, you know, outweigh that almost. It's just not going to be good enough. It's, Fujinami is a guy that has a lot of upside, but, you know, in this A's organization, you can only go so far. Yeah. I mean, the the rest of their rotation is James Caprellian. Um, he was a good story a couple of years ago. His mom passed away from cancer. He had a good first couple of starts. Uh, he's 29, and he's one of their top prospects or prospects in quotes he's young he doesn't have much service time jp sears and ken Waldachuk are both in that rotation they both came over in the uh trade for frankie montas and lou trevino um ken Waldachuk is the only one that's actually a prospect in quotes uh last year you, the things looked good for him at least like the material things you can't really look at the era and be like wow that was a really nice 493 okay. era you've got there um and lastly, to wrap out the rotation, you've got Drew Rasinski. I don't know who he is. I don't think many people do. Um, the last time I, he pitched I, in Major League Baseball was 2018. If that's not a look of desperation, man, that's very concerning as an organization. Like they have to be, someone has to call him out on this. I mean, they've been being, they've been getting called out, but I don't think it's enough. You know, um, obviously you got Paul Blackburn in that rotation, but he's injured right now. And, um, you know, the fact that he was year all-star last year is like, kind of just shows how bad the team was around him. 
I'm not even, I, it might not have been an accident that he stubbed his finger or something. Like maybe he's just like, yeah, get me out of Oakland. It. Yeah. Yeah. So right now their bullpen, it, we talked about this yesterday or the other day when we posted our uh, Tigers episode, we said that their bullpen, we compared it to the athletics and Stev's like mentioned it. And he's like, there can't be the worst of baseball. There's the athletics. And I'm like, this bullpen is actually better than the Tigers bullpen. This is probably the best part of this team. Uh, they've got their highest paid player in Trevor May, Zach Jackson, Danny Jimenez, Domingo Acevedo, Sam Mall, Chad Smith, Drew Steckenrider, and Adam Aller. Um, I know one, two, th- I know five of these eight names. I know so, four. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, I think by the end of the season, you're not going to see the guys you recognize anymore. I think. I mean, especially playoff teams that are pushing for a, you know, a playoff spot or, I mean, even a big playoff push. I think guys like Trevor May would be pretty useful on teams like that. So I think that there's definitely going to be something they consider at the trade deadline. I don't think you're going to see Trevor May in a A's uniform by the end of the season. Agreed. Drew Steckenrider was good on the Mariners uh, a couple yeah. years ago, but he's just been injury plagued. So they picked him up. That has potential for another trade deadline piece right there. But it's okay. Danny Jimenez had a really good slider last year that was super effective. Um, I'm not sure what the stuff looked like on it. Uh, Domingo Acevedo, really good potential. Uh, it started to click in last year. I'd like to see it continue this year. I mean, I don't even think I, – I mean, I, this is me complimenting them. I don't think they're the second-worst bullpen in baseball. I think they're still bottom 10, but I think they're they're not the worst, and they're, they're not in that bottom three conversation, I don't think. I think they still got – enough talent in this bullpen to start the season that they're, they wouldn't be considered in that worst category, like the F category. Probably yeah, like probably, a D. Probably put them at like 25th or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so good I mean, job, A's. Good job, A's. That's your highest ranking, being 25th out of – yeah, you're doing good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're one-two punches, Shintaro Fujinami and James Caprillion. Yeah. Um, Tom, what's that lineup look like? So uh, you got Tony Kemp at second base, Ramon Laureano at right field. Seth Brown at first base, Jesus Aguilar at DH, Jace Peterson at third base, Shea Langliers at catcher, uh, Connor Capel at left field, Nick Allen at shortstop, and Estuary Ruiz. Man, I really struggled with that one. Estuary Ruiz at center field. Uh, coming off the bench, you got Yohel Pozo, Ryan Noda, Aledmus Diaz, and Christian Pache. So it seems like this is like the reject squad at this point. You know, guys that couldn't make, I, I don't know a single guy on this roster that would make you know, a lot of other teams' roster. The only um, one I can think of is Ramon Laureano. Yeah, I mean, and it's not to say I'm not high on some of these guys. Like, I love Nick Allen. Nick Allen's glove is, is, is like, absolutely fantastic. In the games that I watched last year, he, he is literally a freak of nature on the field. Uh, he's made some of the flashiest plays I've seen. He just cannot hit a baseball. But, um, and also... Real quick, this is my opportunity to, uh, you know, promote Estuary Reese. In 114 games across double and triple A, he had a 974 OPS with 16 home runs, 33 doubles, and 85 stolen bases. 85 stolen bases in 114 games. And that that's something he's done. And he, he struck out – sorry, hold on. Let me see this. Struck out 94 times in 114 games, which is bad. But he also walks a lot. So – he doesn't seem to have the hit tool, but he seems to have every tool outside of that. So he seems to have a good glove, good speed, good plate vision. He just can't hit. So and and it seemed like he hit at the double and triple A level. So I'm I'm not completely writing this guy off yet. I think it's too early to. I I, I really do like this guy. Um, but like you mentioned, the power tool is not there. 
but I don't know how you hit 16 home runs if you have such a bad power tool. I, I, this guy's just a kind of an anomaly to me. He did Ooh. not play well in the majors, though. No, he was horrible in the majors. He could also play yeah. in like a juiced league, like a, that the... a elevation, something like that. It's also his average exit velocity and his 28 bat and balls was 73 miles an hour. I mean, so that's bad. You know, you know, speed demons bounce around the league a lot. You know, like guys like Billy Hamilton, Ricky Henderson. I mean, those guys played on every single team in the major leagues. So maybe you'll see a guy like Estuary Ruiz make these postseason rosters. You know, every year you'll see how the hell you don't I mean, how, trade how does... Sean Murphy for Billy Hamilton. Yeah, you probably don't. Um, but you know, <laughs> eighty-five stolen bases, though. Sure, that'll be fun if yeah. he gets on. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. But you, you mean that's like a one hundred sixty-two game average of like over a hundred stolen bases. If he can just get on base, and he seems to have good vision, it's just. The, the hit tool is not there yet. And I don't know how analytically driven – how analytically driven are is this this A's team? Because, you know, the money ball story is that they looked at those those stats, but are they now on top of it now? Are they, you know, like – There are yeah, – all right, I want you to guess how many people run their front office, their analytics, their front office, and everything. 16. Si- four. Seven. What the – Four <laughs> people. Because they don't want to pay them or – Pretty much. So, like they is, they they have analytics, they understand some things, they just don't know how to. They're outdated. Why? Because the, the philosophy is like, why fix it if it isn't broken? But the last time it was fixed was 2017, and that was before like the over like the analytics overhaul that's been the past five years. I would say 2019 was the last year for them, right? Was that the... But I'm saying, like, their last, like, rebuild that was successful, like, started about five years ago. Because that was before, like, everything came back. And maybe in five years, I'll eat my words. But, like, I... As of right now, I have no reason to believe I will. I mean, is this even a team that's in the top half of farm systems right now after that big sell? I don't think so. I don't think they are. They're, They're a team that's now not really going after young talent. They're going after older guys i mean jesus aguilar um i mean <laughs> i mean tony kemp's i like these guys are all on the older side i mean Kristen pache was supposed to be the next ronald acuna jr for the braves before he got traded and then he got traded and hasn't done anything so i mean who's to say none of these guys turn out because it seems like even guys with the perfect talent aren't really playing out well and, it, and it's a horrible environment to play baseball by the way i might add the coliseum is horrible to play in uh, the players hate it. Um, they probably get an F for every category across the board right now. This was published on February 2nd, 2023. The Oakland Athletics have the number 27 farm system. See, how does that happen? I mean, so, like, you got teams that are competing year after year that that don't – that have higher farm systems. And then you have teams that sell the entire organization – and you're in 27th out of 30. It's um in their prospect central, they have one good player. His name is Mason Miller. <laughs> uh Mason Miller has like actually like really good stuff, uh, but he gets hurt a ton. Uh, he's got a 70 grade fastball, sits like high 90s, tops 99, good shape on it. He's going to be a reliever, probably be up this year if he stays healthy. He's just very, very injury prone. I mean, does it for their prospects ready for the season? 
I mean, I guess the, the, the big thing is Shea Langliers, but by the time this rebuild's done, Shea will be uh, out of the league probably. Um, I did, let's gonna, talk about him real quick. Like, talk I mean, talk he, me up. He's got the he's got potential. I think he won the player of the game last year in his in the All-Star Futures game. He's got a good hit tool. I don't know about the glove, but he seems like a guy that was I mean, he was in the system, you know, raking before they traded Sean Murphy. I don't know if they always had the plan to get rid of Sean Murphy, but I don't I don't know. I mean, is is he good behind the play? I got to check his defense. Uh, he's got a really really good arm, but the blocking and receiving are not there. That's that's what I that's what I assumed when I looked at his profile, but like I this when this guy is your number one guy, like he is your star problem. I mean, what who is the star in this lineup? You think it's Ramon Laureano or you think it's Shaylan Gears? Because they're not Shailen they're Lears. Yeah, because Ramon Laureano got busted for roids and then hasn't really looked the same since. Um, I can check his percentile. Did he play a lot of last? I season? know he was suspended. <laughs> he the whole got season? busted for roids. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that comeback's gonna go for him. Um. Not very common that guys come back from you know getting busted by roids and you know play just as good as they when they left off, and yeah, I mean that that just about covers this 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 organization. I mean, there's not much else to talk about. It's kind of just disappointing. Like it's sad to look at. I mean, do you want to get into your predictions? I, I'll start it off with Stevs. I think Stevs was the most positive of us. Yeah, and we could really use some positivity right now. Before we go back to the negativity, that's good. Yeah, Stevs. Uh, Predicted them to be 58 and 104. That's really generous of him. Uh, his MVP was Shea Langoliers. The Cy Young was Paul Blackburn. Uh, it's only a finger injury. That's what his text said. Uh, and for breakout and most important, he put Shintaro Fujinami just because uh, trade deadline piece could get a little bit of a package. I mean, that's not that's not bad. I, I, I had them going a little lower, and I know you have them going the lowest, so I'll let you go last. I'll go in the middle. I had them going 52 and 110. My Reds uh, I, record. Yeah. Um, and I wrote Shintaro Fujinami for I think literally everything, but let me let me go and double check that really quick. I had their MVP being Shintaro Fujinami. Most important being Fujinami for the trade deadline piece. Cy Young being Fujinami. Uh another breakout. No, I had I had Esturi Ruiz because <laughs> because he might steal 20 bases while hitting 195. <laughs> Brad, what are your thoughts on that? I don't like him. I love his theory. He might steal a base. He um, might steal. He might, a base. Um, yeah. For the MVP, I put Seth Brown. Uh, he did have a 338 expected Woba last year. He was actually semi-decent. Um, you know, 749 OPS. That might be the highest on this team, in all honesty. Um, he had a like gold card in MLB The Show. That was pretty cool. I don't think the A's are going to have any of those this year. Um, for their Cy Young, I put Domingo Acevedo, the reliever, uh, for breakout and most important, I put Ramon Laureano because if he recovers, he could actually be like a semi-decent trade deadline package and get sent to a team that needs a center fielder. So, yeah, let me check his, um, he was a defensive center fielder, right? He was, yeah, he was, I don't know if he still is. He got a career negative eight outs above average. This is this is surprising to me. I I could have sworn he was like I making like center field was, grabs. I could have sworn he was that guy, but he has never had a positive season in his career. Actually, twenty twenty was his only positive. Yeah, twenty twenty was his only positive season. That yeah. is wild, considering that I really thought he was that guy. I saw him rob one home run, and I think he's the guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is gonna have to be there even. 
Brad, I think in their best case scenario, they win they win 58 games. I think if everything goes right, they win 58 games. Because if everything goes right, and keep in mind, if everything goes right, the players are playing good, they're going to trade them, and they're going to get worse again. So I think their ceiling is 58. Brad, you're smiling. What's the floor? I have them going 47 and 115. What? Oh, God. Do you think that's the floor? It's not even – I don't think that's the floor. Oh, man. That's what I have that's... them going. What do you think percentile wise? What do you think that is? Like the like the twentieth percentile. Brad's rooting for their downfall. <laughs> Are you not? Look at this team. Look at the lineup and the think about everything we've talked about for the past twenty minutes. Yeah, I feel like I feel like <laughs> this point you're just scaring baseball fans away. Like like this team is just really bad. I I, I feel like they have to. There's a lot of things that need to change. There's a lot of things that need to change. You need to start from the top and work your way down. But this is a team that could probably move to Las Vegas, probably get a lot of money there. Yeah. And, you know, start to become a team that spends more money. And I mean, obviously you have to sell the team first, but when you keep a team in Oakland with no money, with a bad owner, you're getting the result right here. This is what you get. You just, what you're putting into it. You know, I mean, it's not very good for revenue. Was there like, wasn't there a stat that in like, 27 World Baseball Classic pool play games, they outperformed the Oakland Athletics, Oakland Athletics attendance in 2022. Oh, you mean like for the entire season? Yeah, that's very possible. I went to I went to an A's game way back. When did they have Sonny Gray? 2018, 2017. Uh, yeah, that was, and that even during those years, they were supposed to be pretty good. I mean, not like good, good, but they were competing. They were beginning to compete. I will tell you, there was no one at the field. The the, the field was empty, and it, and it smells bad. I, I'm, was I'm there a, a stray cat? There might be, and there might be like mice down below the field. I there's a lot of concerns for this team, and most of them lie beyond the actual fact that the roster's bad. Like everything is bad. Yeah. No, nothing is nothing is you know be happy about. I feel like if you were an Oakland fan, you'd almost root for this team just to move and to to you know end their suffering. I feel like a couple more years of this and maybe you can get something going. But I think I think it's going to be at least five years of doing this before you even get back up to 70 wins. Do you see any of this producing talent at, at any level eventually? I, I don't see it happening. I mean, you, you completely sold. Everyone's gone. I mean, you matched the Nationals on selling that season. The Nationals did better. And the the Washington did Nationals did better. That's what I'm saying. Steps isn't here, so I can say whatever I want. They sold, and they sold hard, and the Nationals have outplayed the A's. I, I just – I'm speechless, man. Billy Bean, I don't know. Billy, Billy – Beanie Boy. We, um, we have, yeah. We have to talk about Moneyball sometime. That's something for another day. We should. Um, we talked about the Guardians today and the Athletics. That is a, Those are two facts. Uh, we talked about one team that plays baseball this year, yep. and there's the athletics. Thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. If you want to interact with us at all, all social media links will be in the description below. This week, this episode will be coming out on Friday. So yesterday, we had our WBC preview, and so that means that we've only got three more episodes before opening day. We've got the Angels Rangers, we've got the Astros Mariners, and we got our award show. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. Stay tuned to all things 4A Baseball. And we will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. Steve!